0: Hi, my name is Jovi
1: and my name is Charlie and you're listening to Bed Crime Crime Stories. Stories. It is a weekly cheer crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. Uh, Just a little disclaimer. Uh, Jovi has the vid. I do. The ick has attacked. It did. We are Zoom podcasting currently. Yay! So she sounds a little that's why
0: yeah if i sound gross or congested i mean that i yeah COVID it sucks yeah it It sucks
1: it has grabbed hold and i was doing so good yeah so good you did you dodged (laughs) that bullet for a long time i did i I mean truthfully i did too because you figure i got it this year in what very end of january into february yeah yeah yeah. so yeah yeah i think we both did pretty good but you i think so you have you you pretty much crossed the finish line. You're so close, so close, so so close. And
0: honestly, and like I was telling you um, the other night, Charlie, I'm just very glad that we both got it. Not when it was the OG strand, because I think it would have been ten times worse. But now at least you know we have some kind of an understanding about it. Mm-hmm. And like the va- being vaccinated and all that stuff. And boosted. We're helped. both vaccinated and boosted. boosted.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And I couldn't imagine what this would feel like not being vaccinated or boosted. You know what I mean? Agreed. No, thanks. No, thanks.
1: I agree wholeheartedly.
0: Yes. Yes. But besides me with the vid, what have Mm -hmm. you been up to? What have you been watching? (laughs) I actually can contribute to this this week. Well, I was going to say,
1: I was going to say you've actually been doing much better than I have this last week. Yeah. And change because- since you've been sick, mm-hmm. you've been able to actually catch up on some stuff. Yes. Um, I haven't really, I haven't started anything new. Oh. Um, and I've been doing a re of something like Super Rando. I've been doing a re of the Leah Remini Scientology show on Netflix. That was
0: so good though. So good. So good. So good. And that and her book. Oh my her god. Book was so great. It really was.
1: Her book was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I actually also really loved the book that was written by David Miscavige's niece mm-hmm. about her leaving Scientology. Cause I actually think hers had a little bit more like Insider detail, yeah, 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 but yeah, Leah Remini's book was radonk, and that show is so good, it
0: was. And yeah, I haven't seen it in a hot minute, but I do remember liking it. Um, yeah. but yeah, basically, these are the things that I watch. You I watch like a nice
1: list. <laughs>
0: I do. Um, I watch Our Father, oh. and I can't even begin to tell you, yeah. I I feel so bad for these women. I know, and the and and the kids. the kids. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Like towards the end, and spoiler alert. I guess I don't know, but um, when the last one was like, he's he was my guy no two, and I honestly thought <gasps> she was gonna say that he inseminated her as well, and yeah. I was like, uh, but I I just that yeah. is ter- he did it to his own friends.
1: Yeah like and the worst part is is think about think about the amount of women that he actually impregnated Mm -hmm. but think about how many he had to have done that to Mm -hmm. to have gotten the number of women pregnant that he did yeah yeah oh i know yeah and then he's the one going i did it sparingly for bullshit no No. bullshit and even if you did it once it's still so fucked up yes
0: and now they have over a hundred or close to a hundred now yeah, and, and go and,
1: and keep and keep going. Yep. And the fact that during the research for the documentary, they found what forty-four other doctors Forty- across the U.S. Yes. That have done this.
0: Yes, <gasps> something. Ne- I'm sorry. Yeah. Something needs to be done to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that it's still happening, or has happened more recently, I should say, there's there's something wrong. Mm. There's something wrong, and I knew it. I knew it from the. The sec- like when they were doing the opening scenes and it was like all the religious sayings i was like tell mm. me this motherfucker tell mm. me this motherfucker thinks he's some kind of fucking saint or prophet, prophet
1: bullshit yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. i just uh, ugh, it was t- ugh, ugh. and the whole thing is is <laughs> like you go and get your like women's visit or mm-hmm. whatever they always have a nurse in the room right mm-hmm. but the whole thing is is the nurse would have no idea that this was happening nope how would she They were going in there for the purpose of getting inseminated. Correct. How is she supposed to know that he went jacked off into a cup? Oh, I know. Ugh. I know. It's Ugh. it's terrible.
0: But yes, I I agree Ugh. with Charlie's recommendation from last week. If you have not watched it, watch it's it. So it is just disturbing bad. and it's like It's so
1: bad it's good.
0: Um I will say this the <sighs> Jacoba. Good for her. Like it yeah. was like
1: I'm on and down, top man. of it. I was like, mm-hmm. you
0: go, girlfriend, you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched that. I tried to finish the girl from Plain View, Plainfield, whatever. I couldn't do it. Like it was, it was, I got to the last two episodes. I'm like, I'm over it. Like I had no desire mm-hmm. to finish it.
1: Yeah. So I hung on to the very end of that one. I watched it all the Ooh, way through. I give you credit. I will tell you. So I actually felt this way about there was oh i think and i think i mentioned this last week when i was talking about girl from plain Viewfield. <laughs> that because i cannot remember what it is Me neither. um i think I, t- I mentioned it the last time i was talking about it was there's a true crime drama or no not even true it's just a crime drama on mm-hmm. apple tv with chris evans defending mm-hmm. jacob
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how the show is so good and the story is so good but they like over stretch it out to like give yeah. you a full nine or 13 episodes or whatever the hell and you're like yep. this could have been done in four yeah and Oh, I, and felt, I feel the yes. exact same way about girl from Plainview view field yes oh because i agree seriously like it's an it's a riveting story it's a disturbing story yep. it's an insane story but yep. like come on now
0: yep it could have it could have absolutely it could have been even done in two it could have been a two-parter
1: um you get, like look at it from her perspective and then and look his, at it from his perspective like correct roll credits like <laughs> yes yeah.
0: yes i mean you know still watch it you might like it you might yeah. hang on through through it all like charlie did or you might be like fuck this shit and mm-hmm. bow out mm-hmm. it's okay but i mean it was different and it, i enjoyed the first couple of episodes until i started falling asleep and getting bored
1: yeah um yeah. And I think the other thing too, is it kind of goes back to my own, my own preference of watching a documentary mm-hmm. over a drama. Mm-hmm. Cause like the staircase, that. the staircase bo- is boring me, but the staircase documentary could not stop watching it.
0: I actually liked, I I watched all the available episodes of the staircase.
1: I'm behind like an episode or two, maybe.
0: I, I really enjoy it i'm i'm enjoying it and mm. i actually just watched the episode oh i think you went where he goes into the owl theory
1: i haven't that's the one i'm behind that one's okay. the one i'm missing so i'm only missing one episode then
0: okay um i don't know i don't, I don't mind it mm. i don't i'm actually really enjoying it like i i binged pretty much every episode except stuff for the last two i watched a different day but like i was i was into that it just made me want to watch the documentary again you know what i mean so
1: yeah yeah i wonder if i would feel different about that one because i mean it's the pacing on that one is not the problem no um i'm wondering if i had never seen the documentary if i maybe if i may have been a little bit more into the drama yeah but watching the documentary, I feel like, okay, I know, like, I know all this, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not yeah. learning anything new yeah. and I'd rather hear it from the people than, yeah. and I love Colin Firth. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a really old inside joke. Yes, um, is. but, and I, I do, I like him. I, I like a lot of the people that are in the mm-hmm. show, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I can see that. There's not as much I can as see the that. doc. Yeah.
0: Um I think that's all that's a lot for me because that's I don't mm-hmm. usually do go with our episodes of things. Mm-hmm. Um next on my list though, I want to watch that show Candy. Yeah,
1: I'm interested to watch that
0: too. I haven't touched it and I haven't um done the other one that you recommended last week. The chick who Dropout. Yes, I haven't watched that yet.
1: Dropout's good. Mm-hmm. Dropouts. Good. Did I talk about dope sick yet? I don't think so. Okay. If I haven't. And dope sick is actually a little bit older. I'm not saying it's old. It's it only came out like, no, I think I mentioned this. It came out like summer of last year or mm. September, September of last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. My beer is giving me the hiccups. Um, It, it was so good. It's basically about how um the, pharmaceutical company that developed and sold oxycontin is basically single-handedly responsible for the opioid epidemic in America. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um and it is like I don't understand it when I'm saying it's like fucking riveting. I'll have to watch that first then. Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton is like brilliant in it. <laughs> nice. Brilliant. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to check it out. And the dude who plays the lawyer in staircase uh-huh. plays the guy from the pharmaceutical company in dope sec.
0: nice i yeah. liked him he was a good he's good in the staircase mm-hmm. he's a bastard in dope sick so
1: awesome <laughs> awesome
0: he's a rat bastard that's why awesome all right so i'll have to i'll have to check that out so next time on jovi's reviews <laughs> 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 um because i i mean again monday's a holiday but everybody that i live with is either working or they're not going to be home so might as
1: well look at that you're still in recovery i am i like it i will tell you that's the only part about being sick that i absolutely love is the like excuse to stay in bed and just watch tv all day it's really kind of the best part
0: yes i i agree that's why i don't mind the extreme feeling extremely tired all day every day
1: yeah oh darn looks like i gotta go back to bed again exactly
0: (laughs) like i have my fitbit on and the first night that i actually after i I was positive i went to bed i think by the time i fell asleep it was 9 30 i didn't wake up until 10 a.m the next day it's glorious and i was like oh so i woke up i was like okay I felt, I felt really bad. Cause it was the first day I made some tea. I sat on the couch to watch TV and I slept for another five hours, like, yep. like that. And I was like, Oh, this is great. Glorious.
1: That is kind of glorious.
0: Yeah. And like, actually, and I even said this to my fiance, I was like, part of me feels like, because we've been so nonstop this year. And especially within the last couple of weeks that my body was so worn down mm-hmm. that that didn't help either with me catching COVID and yeah this is kind of like a blessing in disguise, me mm-hmm. being able to catch up on all the sleep, my, me being able to just have a legit reason to be lazy and yeah. not feel bad about it. Yeah. So I'm okay I with this. I'm, I I'm okay with this. As long as it's got, like, I honestly feel that tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll be fine. Like I could, I could feel, I feel different, you know? Right, right. Um, So I'm probably not gonna do my home test until probably tomorrow or sunday mm-hmm. and then if that comes back negative then i'll get like i'll go to walgreens and and get the actual official test, test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then that way it'll be good so yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but anyway All on right. that note what what is our uh bed crime story for tonight charlie
1: well i got a I got a long one tonight i got a Ooh. doozy this evening i haven't okay. done a long, i haven't done a long one in a while you haven't um, because I've been busy, so I'm like, ooh, where can I cut this? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I'm tired. I have no time to write. So I had time to write, and mm-hmm. um, this is going to be our second story in our LGBTQ plus series. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have one source for tonight, and it's Wikipedia.
0: Can't you can't go
1: wrong with Wikipedia. Overly no. reliable. Correct. Overly <laughs> exactly. It's a newer case, so I think that that's oh. why they had so much information about it. It right. was like. It was actually one of the longest Wikipedia pages I've read in a while. No shit. Yeah. Um, There was a shit ton of detail on it. Okay. And on top of the fact that it's not like a super soup soups well-known one that Mm. like it surprised me. But so I'm going to be talking about the serial killer named Bruce MacArthur from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Oh, Bruce MacArthur. I don't know if I know this one. You know, I will tell you, I didn't think I did. And then as I started writing about it and reading a little bit more, I know the story, but I didn't know the story. Got it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? hmm mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Thomas Donald Bruce MacArthur, or... Bruce MacArthur was born on October 8th, 1951 in Lindsay, Ontario, and was raised on a farm in Argyle. In addition to raising MacArthur and his sister, his parents were foster parents. um, And they often had about six to 10 foster children in their care at any given time. Mm -hmm. Um, They were usually troubled children from the city of Toronto. So the, the parents did have quite a good reputation in their area.
0: See, I, I I commend people that could do that. Agreed. That's that's Agreed. that's amazing. It, mm-hmm. it really is. That takes a lot of patience, a lot of love, a lot of everything. And people who could do that, they're they're something kind of special. They really, really are.
1: I agree. Also, hashtag not sponsored, but <laughs> I'm drinking a new beer flavor for me. Mm. So I love the local brewery cigar city. Mm-hmm. Uh, based out of tampa and my favorite of their beers was always florida cracker but it's a seasonal beer and they changed the name of it and it's like really hard to find mm. that one again it's my favorite mm-hmm. one but i haven't been able to find it mm-hmm. this one i'm drinking called is called fancy papers Ooh, it is a hazy india pale ale nice and it tastes delicious it has mango and tangerine in it Ooh, that sounds fancy. Uh, yeah. So it's delicious. So, fancy papers from Cigar City Brewing. Uh, highly recommend. All right. And hashtag not sponsored, but would love to be. <laughs> <laughs> Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. And if you can save me, uh, send me a case of the new, whatever it's named, former f- beer formerly known as Florida <laughs> Cracker, I'd be happy to give that a whirl. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> so. In his younger years, uh, classmates would recall him trying to be a teacher's pet and he would often tell on the other boys. So he didn't really fit in because he was mm. a little bit of a tattletale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he was also known for winning singing contests. Mm. Yeah. So okay. had a lovely, lovely singing voice. MacArthur's mother was an Irish Catholic and his father was a skittish, skittish, no, Scottish. <laughs> he wasn't skittish. I mean, he might've been, I don't know he could have been, it doesn't really say, uh, but even if he wasn't skittish, he was Scottish, and he was a mm. Scottish Presbyterian. <laughs> okay, got uh, But both his mother and father were uh, very devout within their religion. Okay. And because of his parents' strong beliefs and their strict household that they maintained, MacArthur had trouble to accept his own um, sexual orientation, which would have been quite abnormal in that time period especially Mm -hmm. in rural Ontario yeah Um, MacArthur met and began dating Janice Campbell in high school they both graduated in 1970 MacArthur later completed a program in general business and married Janice when he was 23 Mm. so he began working for Eaton's department store as a buyer's assistant in 1973 in a downtown Toronto building that was later demolished for construction a few block blocks north of where he was working, there was a gay village that was starting to form um, on Young Street between College and Wesley Streets. Now, in Canada, specifically in that, in, um, I do believe specifically in Ontario, same-sex adult sexual behavior had recently been decriminalized in 1969, okay. so public communities of um gay communities trans uh people were starting to like b- grow and become public within that area nice and basically what would happen is they would form kind of these little um uh, like these little areas like these little pockets of like a gay haven so they would nice. all hang out in these little areas and you know it's like the safe area that we we could converge right. and and be together that's awesome yeah so macarthur left eaton's in 1978 he began working as a traveling salesman for mcgregor socks interesting Um, yeah so basically what he would do is he would go to department stores and sell the socks to the the stores to sell his merchandise um he later worked as a merchandising representative for stanfield's which was a garment company so he was obviously like in this clothing yeah In the mid-1970s, MacArthur's father was diagnosed with a brain tumor and was sent to a nursing home. His mother died of cancer in 1978 and his father uh, shortly after in 1981 passed away. So yeah, by 1981, both of his parents um, were deceased. Also by that same year, he and his wife had a daughter named Melanie and a son named Todd. Um, in the mid eighties, he became very active in his church, keeping himself busy to presumably, presumably at least avoid confronting his own sexual, homosexual feelings. Now MacArthur did begin to have affairs with men in the early 1990s. Uh, more than a year later, after these affairs began, he did come out of the closet to his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, they continued to live together. So she, they obviously like, I'm, I'm assuming like romantically separated at that time.
0: Right. Right. But right, did right.
1: remain, yes. In the same household sometime after 19, 1993, MacArthur's employment in the clothing trade came to an end and the couple faced financial difficulty. There was, yeah, there was also legal issues with their son, Todd, who was a teenager at that point. He would obsessively make obscene phone calls to women that he didn't know. And like, he would get in trouble for this and get arrested and shit. And that would not help the family's finances, obviously. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, the couple mortgaged their home in 1997 and then, uh, later declared bankruptcy in 1999. Oh, wow. MacArthur separated from his wife officially in 1997 and he moved to Toronto because there was no gay community in Oshawa which is where they were living at the time. Hmm. He frequented bars, um, in the church and Wellesley area, which again, was that gay village in that area that I had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he moved into an apartment on Don Mills road and had, um, and started a four-year relationship with another man mm. when they broke up and his divorce was being finalized. MacArthur saw a psychiatrist and he was actually pers- prescribed Prozac for several months, Um, and it was at this time in his life that he started to gain work as a landscaper. Okay. So just after noon on October 31st, 2001. So that would be, uh, Halloween (laughs) the year after you and I graduated from high school. Yes. Yes. Yes, I remember it well. Um, I do. I was away at college. (laughs) I do remember it well. um though I was probably home that weekend because I didn't like stay at college and party or anything because I was a nerd okay so anyway (laughs) I mean you said it that's uh, yeah exactly (laughs) loud and proud so just after noon on Halloween 2001 a few weeks after his 50th birthday MacArthur followed actor and model Mark Henderson into his apartment building after being invited up to see Mark's Halloween costume MacArthur struck Henderson several times from behind with an iron pipe that he often carried around with him him. what
0: why why and why would he i yeah
1: i'm assuming he probably would have said it was for self-defense as my mean, is my guess okay no. okay. okay um Henderson fought back, but then he did eventually lose consciousness. When he woke up, he did call 911. He was taken to St. Michael's Hospital. He had suffered injuries to his head and body. He needed several stitches on the back of his head and on his fingers, as well as six weeks of physical therapy to recover.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: MacArthur turned himself in after the attack, but he said that he did not remember the incident or why he may have done it. Um, He pled guilty to charges of assault with a weapon and assault causing bodily harm on April 11th, 2003. Um, He received a conditional sentence of 729 days, which is two years minus one day. Okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Very specific. (laughs) Very much. Things get very specific. And I'm, I'm going to preface this because obviously since this all took place in Canada, the article would write things in we're the not the metrics we're not the metric system right everybody else is. Oh. whatever we're not and they are it was writing it in theirs <laughs> so they <laughs> so like
0: are kilometers and, and yeah 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 stuff yeah like so that. like there's okay. one
1: that it's like he had to keep 33 kilometers away and i'm like 10 miles or uh, no it was like no to us it's like 33 feet and you're like that makes no fucking sense but it was actually like 10 meters so Got it makes it. sense for them but for us it's like 33 <laughs> feet is the most weird number of feet, right you know right we're getting to that very soon the, the 33 feet anyway <laughs> so some of it was like the measurements were strange anyway totally off topic and i also don't remember like what our unit of measurement is and that's really <laughs> fucking sad okay no i don't either it's uh, fine it's fine i gotta please hold i have to look it up <laughs> it's gonna bother you I huh? am ashamed. i'm ashamed <laughs> metric system okay we use the imperial system everybody else uses the metric system
0: why don't why do we have to be different for it
1: mm. that is a loaded question
0: yes i know
1: i know i don't know we got it from the brits when like we first were created and then when i guess we seceded we stayed i don't fucking know it's like the same thing we're the only ones who use fahrenheit instead of celsius yeah yeah I was watching a video the other day on YouTube because so I'm like newly obsessed with this YouTube channel called Jolly and they these two British dudes who just made me laugh mm-hmm. and they had come over to California to go to Coachella a couple weeks ago and he's like it's like 35 degrees outside it's so hot and I'm like oh Celsius <laughs> <laughs> Big difference, buddy. <laughs> it's a big, big difference. Big difference. Like thirty-five degrees. My God, I would kill for that right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Speaking of kill, where am I at in my story? <laughs> mm, two years and one day. Oh, two yes. years minus one day. Yes. So, a further charge of carrying a concealed weapon was withdrawn at the time. So, the crown, uh, the crown attorney, had earlier believed jail time was warranted, but agreed to a conditional sentence after psychiatric and pre-sentencing reports suggested. remember this because they were wrong uh (laughs) suggested that macarthur was a low risk to reoffend and based on the fact that i called him a serial killer earlier we can guess that that's that's wrong incorrect (laughs) that was a wrong wrong assumption Mm -hmm. um the victim uh so our our good friend mark the victim said by the crown to have been traumatized by the incident doy did not provide Yeah, did not provide a victim impact statement for the sentencing. And there were concerns that MacArthur's unexplained behavior may have been due to the combination of his anti-seizure medication with amyl nitrate or poppers, which is a recreational drug, very popular in the gay community. It is a muscle relaxant, Relaxant. It's very synonymous with uh, take, being taken before sex.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, just to clarify, were they saying a mixture of his anti seizure and the poppers
1: or caused him to act like irrationally and okay. that's why he's at low risk to reoffend.
0: Okay. I was going to say cuz if they're saying it was the anti seizure medicine that was like oh, well Charlie you better watch out.
1: <laughs> I know, I got to watch <laughs> myself because Jovi's going to attack with her anti seizure medication. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So I think it was kind of a victim, not a victim. It was a combination of all of that. The fact that Mark didn't provide the victim impact statement that there was the um, psychiatric and pre-sentencing reports that showed him as low risk. Yeah, And then on top of that, the combination of his prescription medication and the poppers poppers, gave them enough of a cause to reduce the sentence.
0: But I mean, How how would they know that he's going to stop taking poppers? You know what I mean? Like. Oh well, oh, they okay. told him not to, Jovi. Oh, I'm not right. there yet, but they said
1: no, no. Mm-hmm. They said mm-hmm. no, no more.
0: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. no I'm sure he obviously did not listen. He said no, no more. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, there was a lot of things that they told him not to do that he kept doing. I'm just mm-hmm. throwing that out there. Um, so MacArthur avoided jail time, spending the first year of his sentence under house arrest, followed by a six-month curfew and three years of probation. Now, during the sentence, he was barred from the Church of Wesley Village area. Except if you had to go to work or medical appointments in the area. Okay. So no, basically no gay bars on those couple of blocks, but you can go there if you like need to.
0: But did they let him go by himself or was he escorted? No. No. It doesn't seem like he was, um,
1: he had to stay at least 33 feet from his victim's home. So that's the 10 meters. (laughs) Okay. Got it. 33 feet, um, from his victim's home or workplace. And he could not spend time with any male sex workers. Okay. MacArthur was forbidden to possess firearms for 10 years. He was not to purchase, possess, or consume drugs without a medical prescription and specifically not to possess poppers. (laughs) Yes. He also had to submit his DNA to a database and was required to attend psychological and psychiatric counseling, including taking in anger management courses. Yeah. Um. A criminal defense lawyer found the list of conditions uncommon and suggested that the judge was concerned that MacArthur was a danger to all male sex workers, which I, I would agree. Yeah. But You know, I think that he's just a danger to all yes stop but you know hey whatever you know uh yeah yeah a retired homicide detective noted that parole conditions were unenforceable were not published or made public knowledge and that parole violators were caught only if they came to the attention of police which again i say doy Mm -hmm. Mm because if you're not putting it out there to the public that this person that's why we have the sex offender Mailing that goes out when somebody mm-hmm. who moves into your area is a sex offender yes the same exact thing if you don't do that nobody's gonna know nope. so if you're a male sex worker and this guy you pick him up how are you supposed to know that he is not supposed to do that right
0: exactly <laughs> like, exactly yeah wow. so anyway
1: In 2014, MacArthur was granted a pardon on the conviction, which was subsequently expunged from his record and would not have appeared in any criminal background checks during subsequent investigations. So most records and exhibits were destroyed in 2010 in compliance with the Toronto Police Service's retention policy. So they only keep their records for X amount of time before they are destroyed, which as a person who's worked for a financial institution for as long as I have, I know like after seven years, we destroy our records, but like but, you're a police station yeah, but <laughs> Does it doesn't like that makes no sense
0: no like i understand a financial institution that i get
1: you can't I keep understand. all that in perpetuity like you have to be right. able to overturn your records
0: right but
1: i mean no like no no and that should not be a thing <laughs> my whole thing is this it was 2010 it's not like that shit wasn't on you couldn't put it on a computer right exactly
0: type that shit up scan it there were scanners scan
1: it throw it in a folder somewhere so that way we can look this jabroni up correct stupid stupid unbelievable stupid and unbelievable anyway (sighs) the only surviving documents were the transcripts of the guilty plea and sentencing hearing the psychiatric report and pre-sentencing report ordered during the trial and pictures of the victim's injuries and the weapon that was the only thing that survived the destruction of the records in 2002 while the assault case was still before the courts macarthur registered with recon which was a gay fetish dating website for men into bdsm where his profile notices um well where his profile noted his interest in submissive men he was active on numerous gay dating websites including silver daddies man jam grinder bear 411 bear forest scruff daddy hunt squirt and growler wow wow
0: yeah i i will say some of those names are very uh creative i only know four of them a lot of these are very new for me
1: i know grinder i know scruff i know squirt and i know uh growler
0: growler yeah me too but like it was just okay so what was it, Silver Daddies?
1: I like man jams. Man jams. <laughs>
0: That's my personal favorite. Because gonna- Silver
1: Daddies is the first one.
0: Nice.
1: I'm going to guess it's for older gentlemen. He is an older gentleman with yeah. silver hair, so I would assume that he yes. fit the profile. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, MacArthur also joined Facebook in 2011 and cataloged his nightlife with pictures of parties, vacations, birthday dinners, and concerts. Younger men of South Asian or Middle Eastern descent were in several of the pictures with him. By this time, MacArthur had become a part of the gay community and was a regular at its bars. Since 2007 or even 2008, uh, not sure exactly of the timeline. He was living in a 19th floor apartment at Lee towers in Thorncliffe park, a neighborhood populated mainly by immigrants about three miles Northeast of church and Wesley. So right okay. in that again, that gay village area. Yeah. Now MacArthur's 2003 banishment from church and Wesley that was, you know, dictated earlier from Mm -hmm. his parole thing Mm -hmm. was starting to become quite well known and he had developed a reputation for liking bdsm and rough sex Mm -hmm. macarthur had become a self-employed landscaper at this point he operated under the name artistic designs um a colleague who installed water features on three of macarthur's projects said that macarthur was always accompanied by an older white man who appeared to be romantically involved with him and a day laborer usually whomever was the day laborer with them was was usually of southeast asian or middle eastern descent okay most of macarthur's clients were wealthy elderly women who found him charming and he had built a client base through personal recommendations okay during the off season our friend silver daddy macarthur portrayed santa claus at the uh, Agincourt mall and made floral gifts for charities oh so he sounds like a good dude. But that's the whole thing is it's like this double life, right? Yeah. So like when he's with certain people he's Santa Claus and giving you flowers as gifts. Yeah. And then in his private nightlife he's attacking men and into like kinky rough BDSM. Yeah. Which again as we, I've said multiple times, not to yuck anyone's young, as long as it is a consensual correct arrangement. But obviously, as we're going to see very soon, <laughs> it was not. It got to a point where it went over the line. Mm-hmm. In 2014, MacArthur's son Todd was sentenced to 14 months in jail for, again, making multiple obscene phone calls.
0: Why don't they take his phone away? Why don't they not let him have phone
1: access? I don't get why that's a no, thing. Me neither. Like, Is he like the heavy breather, like what are you wearing? Like, <laughs> you know, I'd be like the idiot who'd be like, <sighs> and they'd be like, "Who so is this?" I'm like, "Is your refrigerator running?" <laughs> <laughs> well, you better go catch it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, oh, my, I
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's <just> okay. Sorry. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> okay. Fourteen months in jail. Because you're making pervy phone calls. Like, like why get a better hobby, man. Get like, put a bottle, put a ship in a bottle, like (laughs) get a better hobby. I don't know what to tell you. A ship in a bottle. (laughs) Todd. He was anyway, when he was released on bail, he was ordered to stay with his father at his Toronto apartment. And he assisted with MacArthur's landscaping business a former friend of Todd's visited one night and discovered the wall of MacArthur's bathroom was decorated with photos of naked men with erections. He Ooh. said that most of the men appeared to be East Indian and that Todd said quote East Indian. And that Todd said that they were men whom his father knew MacArthur didn't even like try to hide it. And the next day at breakfast, he would, was laughing about it. Like, yeah, that's oh, okay. I mean, Hey, again, in november 2012 the toronto police service tps launched a task force dubbed project houston into uh into the september 6 2010 disappearance of skanda now okay i'm going to issue a preemptive apology most of the victims of our serial killer are middle eastern east asian gentlemen Mm -hmm. uh most of them were refugees or immigrants to canada they have very difficult names to pronounce Mm -hmm. i am going to butcher them (laughs) i'm not even gonna pretend i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. i will and i'm beyond beyond sorry
0: just do your best i'm gonna do my best that's (laughs) it
1: my best i did my best okay (laughs) All right. So the TPS launched a task force dubbed project Houston into the September six, two 2010 disappearance of Skanda Navaratnam. Okay. Yeah. Navaratnam. Believing that he had been murdered, but they had no leads. According to a 2018 investigation, a man posted on a cannibal website called zombie and meat in 2012 and stated that he had killed and eaten men, in toronto which led the formation of the project houston task force yes police briefly investigated a possible link between narat N- Navaratnam's murder and luca magnata luca magnata is a canadian killer and suspected cannibal who's well known as the subject of netflix crime docuseries don't fuck with cats oh shit yeah have you seen that no i haven't yet it's bonkers bananas and okay. they show one scene of him murdering a cat. So when you know what's about to happen, you have to like turn away. But the whole rest of the documentary is very good in Cuckoo's Bananas. I oh, do recommend wow. recommend it, but I watch it with a friend of mine. Uh-huh. And we wound up like fast forwarding through like the 20 minute scene of like them talking about it and them showing it. And then we continued with the show. It was very good, but it was very, that was bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> so they we're assuming that it might've been Luca Magnata because honestly, how many Canadian cannibals are there? Hopefully not very many, even though I actually think of another one, but that's neither here nor there. Um, (laughs) Although this lead was eventually abandoned for lack of evidence. Okay. By June, 2013 project Houston had identified two other missing persons cases linked by geography and lifestyle, Basir Faizi and uh, Majid Hamid Kahan. Like, navaratnam both men were middle-aged immigrants of south asian origin who disappeared from the church and wesley area between 2010 and 2012 an anonymous tip linking macarthur to navaratnam and to Kahan led police to interview him on november 11, 2013 macarthur told police that he knew both men and he regularly interacted with navaratnam at a gay bar MacArthur also admitted to employing Cahan with whom he had broken off a sexual relationship project Houston concluded with no evidence to link the disappearances or that a crime had been committed or to identify any suspect. Yeah. On June 26, 2017, one day after attending pride Toronto, um, Andrew Kinsman disappeared from the cabbage town area and was last seen in the area of his residence on Winchester street on the evening of june 28th learning that no one had seen kinsman in a couple of days ted healy and other friends of kinsman gained access to his apartment they found no sign of a disturbance though his 17 year old cat was out of food and water i know they reported kinsman's disappearance to police the following day Uh, Kinsman who was openly gay and had deep roots in the community was regarded as a stable and responsible man whose friends felt would not suddenly leave and certainly would not leave without his cat or his prescription medication.
0: Hmm.
1: It was also noted to be unlike Kinsman to go anywhere without notifying friends or family. Kinsman was very active on social media, but investigators found his cell phone was turned off the day he disappeared. Interesting. Fishy, fishy, Mm -hmm. super fishy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of July 2017, the TPS created a new task force, Project Prism, which oh. I love because a rainbow is a prism. Yes, yes, I? I, get yes I, okay. I get it. it. Um, Project Prism to investigate the disappearances of Kinsman and another man named Salim Essen and to look for any links with the unsolved disappearances that were investigated under Project Houston. So now they're trying to combine all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Downer, a friend and colleague of Kinsman, organized a community safety meeting in which police gave an overview of the task force's uh, plans and their uh, goals Mm -hmm. and thanked the community for the abundance of information that they had received. Queer refugees, transgender and two spirit people spoke of their vulnerabilities, experiencing disproportionate violence within the LGBTQ community. Downers group called the missing rainbow community provided strategies for staying safe. when meeting people from dating apps. Yes. Smart. Right. Um, realizing the difficulty police faced with judicial authorization for data from service from servers located outside Canada. Mm-hmm. So basically there's um, jurisdiction issues yeah. with getting location data from these apps. Cause mm-hmm. they're not from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, Downer appealed to these dating apps to provide an option for users to consent to have their data released to police if they went missing. Oh, isn't that very clever, nice. smart? Yes, yes, I love that. that's I love awesome. That. Agreed. Safety hotlines were also set up for the those reluctant to speak directly to police. Okay, again, love smart. it. Smart, mm-hmm. love it. Project Prism was overseen by Detective Sergeant Michael Richmond and led by Detective Sergeant Hank Idzigna. Mm, no probably it's singa singa um who had served on the homicide squad for over 13 years and had been assigned to the project houston task force for six months the task force also included an officer from the sex crimes unit and six officers from police 51 division three of whom had also been members of project houston well it's later said that a crucial piece of evidence was recovered because kinsman's disappearance had been reported within 72 hours and if it had been any later evidence more than likely would have been lost right and his poor cat would have probably been dead you legit yes kitty okay anyway according to an agreed statement of facts read in court police found quote bruce Hmm. hmm. On Kinsman's calendar for June 26, the same day Kinsman was last seen. That day, surveillance video outside Kinsman's residence showed a person matching his appearance um, approach a red vehicle. The video did not show a license plate or a clear picture of the driver, but chrome sighting identified that it was a 2004 Dodge Caravan. Now, there are more than 6,000 similar models in Toronto, but only five are registered to someone named Bruce. Huh. And of those five, the only 2004 model belonged to MacArthur. MacArthur. Yep. I yep. love that shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Where it's like, boom, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like it literally, the odds of it being anybody but you is like, Since has to none. be less than zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. by late august or september 2017 they matched the van from surveillance video of macarthur's apartment but it was no longer at his residence oh,
0: not yes. shocked
1: i know not shocked i know um <laughs> on october 3rd Plains closed police officers arrived at dom's auto parts in courtice ontario 43 miles northeast of toronto um they were canvassing businesses in the area to look for the dodge caravan and he apparently had sold it to the owner of the shop Hmm. police found it it was intact they had it towed away um and they also copied surveillance video at the shop showing macarthur there
0: oh yes
1: Mm -hmm. officers later found trace amounts of blood in the vehicle and the blood was identified as kinsman's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dna evidence for macarthur's van which matched not only kinsman's but eason's as well allowed investigators to obtain a general warrant for macarthur's apartment on december 4th police covertly entered the apartment and they cloned his computer's hard drive oh shit Yeah, that's fucking cool. Love it. On December 5th, after consultation with the community, Project Prism issued a warning about dating apps. Urging users to exercise caution when meeting someone. Yes. Yes. The investigation really picked up in January of 2008. They had a lot of long days, kind of in the middle of January, that seemed to uh, really pick up some momentum for them. Mm-hmm. And on January 17th, two pieces of evidence came to light directly connecting MacArthur to the disappearances of Eason and Kinsman. Good. A partial download from a- carther's computer which was going through forensic analysis of deleted files yielded post-mortem photos of both of the victims <gasps> yeah no shit yes god shit. technology's fucking amazing amazing right let's let's call um our good friend btk and ask him all about it right <laughs> how much he loves computers uh-huh um, okay <laughs> round the clock surveillance was put on macarthur obviously with Mm -hmm. instructions that he should be immediately arrested if they observed him alone with anyone yeah so basically like let's keep an eye on him see what he's doing follow him get as much about him as you can but if you see him with somebody fucking move in
0: yes don't want any more blood on their hands yeah
1: let's not right so police Mm -hmm. officers were surveilling macarthur and they apprehended him shortly after they saw a young man enter his thorncliffe park apartment on january 18th 2018 believing the man's life was at risk yes and again i say doy Uh (laughs) (laughs) a source told ctv news that the police officers found the young man restrained on a bed when they entered macarthur's apartment the man was shaken but he was not injured um, referred to the court as quote, John, the man had arrived in Canada from the middle East five years earlier. He was married and he had not told his family that he was gay. Mm. He had met MacArthur through a dating app. Uh, growler and said that he they had met for sex several times before he had agreed to keep his relationship with macarthur a secret and let himself be handcuffed to macarthur's steel bed frame uh, macarthur put a black bag over his head and tried to tape his mouth shut b- before police officers interrupted them that night
0: oh thank god for those police officers Holy I shit!
1: agree wow i know i know evidence found <laughs> evidence found in macarthur's apartment shortly after the arrest prompted investigators to charge macarthur with two counts of first degree murder in the presumed deaths of andrew kinsman and uh selim Essen. Mm-hmm. their bodies had not been found but police said that they had p- pretty good idea of how they died i'm assuming because of the photos that were. yeah found. yeah 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 yeah. singa yeah. was satisfied that there was enough evidence for murder convictions even without the bodies The Toronto Sun reported that MacArthur's computer had grisly photos of his suspected victims kept as trophies. Mm. Murph? Yes. Um, at the time of MacArthur's arrest, Itzinga said that police believed he was responsible for the deaths of other men and were most concerned with identifying those victims. Doing so included coordinating with other police services, yeah. tracing MacArthur's whereabouts and his online activity. So I love that like cross jurisdiction cooperation. Yes. Like that's that's a dream. I dig that. That is.
0: And more, more jurisdictions need to get down with that because- I mean, <laughs> same piece. I agree. Come on.
1: I agree. Um, which I know, I think it is like so much better now, but like I know that it's oh, yeah. been like such a big problem in the past.
0: Yeah. Which to me is ridiculous because wouldn't you want cases to be solved instead of being like, no, nah, it's not my jurisdiction or it's my jurisdiction. I don't need your help. Nah. No.
1: Yeah. It's like they all, we're only concerned about the feather in our cap, not the actual arrest right. of this horrible human being. Right. I know. Mm. <sighs> so police executed search warrants on January 18th at five properties associated with MacArthur and his landscaping business, four in Toronto and a nine-acre property about 120 miles northeast in Madoc, Ontario.
0: Hmm.
1: The Madoc property and a home on collins on Conlin's Road were residences of Roger Horan, a landscaper and longtime friend of MacArthur. Another property search was the condominium of MacArthur's former boyfriend on Concord Place. These three properties were released back to their owners by January uh, 23rd. Doesn't seem like anything was found there. Okay. Of greater concern to investigators were MacArthur's apartment itself in Thorncliffe Park and a Mallory Crescent residence in Leaside. Now, MacArthur had an arrangement with the owners of the residence in Leaside to tend to their yard in exchange for storage space in their garage for his landscaping equipment.
0: The bodies were in there.
1: Oh, Oh, no. The owners of the Leaside residence were barred from their home on January 18th so that forensic investigators could search it. The search of the property was extended to an adjacent ravine and was carried out by cadaver dogs and members of the heavy urban search and rescue team. Cadaver dogs took, quote, a strong interest in a large planter box on no. January 19th. Now there's multiple planter boxes and all of them had frozen to the ground because it's fucking January in Canada. Right. 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 Yeah. So they used heaters to thaw them. A large planter was wrapped on January 22nd and brought to the coroner's office on January 29th. Police announced that they had found the dismembered skeletal remains of at least three people in two of the 12 large planter boxes seized from the Leaside residence. This isn't even his fucking house wow yeah wow. yeah although the remains had not been identified police gathered enough evidence to charge macarthur with three additional counts of first degree murder in the presumed deaths of majid Kahan, um, a project houston subject uh surush mahmoudi who disappeared in 2015 and dean lisowick a man experiencing homelessness who was never reported missing mm. yeah on February eighth, police announced that they have found the remains of three more people in Planters on the Side home. Stop it! Yes, I know, and that one of the six sets of remains belonged to Andrew Kinsman, identified through fingerprints. Wow. Investigators said that it could be months before all the remains were identified. Wow. <sighs> on February twenty third, MacArthur was charged with a sixth count of first degree murder and the death of Skanderaj. Up. Oh, this is my. Uh, this is uh. Navaratnam our good friend Navaratnam from earlier okay okay Um, a subject of Project Houston he was actually the one who kind of kicked off Project Houston okay uh so uh Navaratnam's remains and those of Mahmoodi were identified through dental records and had been recovered from planters at the Leaside home good lord yeah on April 11th MacArthur was charged with a seventh count of first-degree murder in the death of Basir Faisi um, he was at this point charged with the deaths of all five men from the Project Houston and Project Prism investigations. So they were wow. able to kind of check all those boxes Good. and tie him directly to those. Good. The charge came as uh Fizey's remains were identified from the Leaside Planters, along with those of Eason and Lisawick. Investigators have um, I know <laughs> I know investigators had finished searching the Leaside planters from which the remains of all but Kahan had been identified. They had one set of unidentified remains. They had also searched eight additional planters from elsewhere in the city which had contained no human remains. On April 16th, MacArthur was charged with an eighth count of first degree murder in the death of Kirushna Kumar this is a long one, I'm so sorry Kenagaratnam whose remains were the seventh set identified from the Leaside planters. Jesus
0: Christ. I know. Could you imagine being these people that own this property and being like yeah, we got to search your home and then being no. told that you have these planters on your
1: property that
0: contain seven, dismembered body parts. Eight,
1: seven deceased men. Good Lord. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ketagaratnam was a Tamil asylum seeker who was under deportation order had not been reported missing. Ooh. So more than likely because he was under a deportation order yeah. when he went missing, people either probably assumed that he was deported or yeah. was kind of in hiding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he wasn't, unfortunately. No, no. Yeah. Five victims were noted by investigators for their similarities. They were all middle-aged Bearded patrons of the Black Eagle Bar and self-identified as bears, Mm -hmm. which we Mm -hmm. know in the gay community is a overtly masculine man Mm -hmm. um, with masculine traits like beards. They're bigger dudes, usually pretty scruffy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They had all also disappeared over holiday weekends. Navaratnam, yeah, Navaratnam on at Labor Day. Feizi at after christmas Cahan during thanksgiving eason on easter and kinsman right after toronto pride interesting Mm -hmm. uh during macarthur's sentencing hearing prosecutors said that the eight victims had ties to church and wesley so that uh that gay village community and a social life in that community physical similarities which usually included facial hair or beard and six of the eight were from south asia or the middle east yeah yeah. Several, of, yeah, several of the deceased had characteristics that made them more easily victimized or crimes easier con- to conceal, such as moving between residences or keeping aspects of their lives secret. So they were living double lives. Um, you had one of the gentlemen who was experiencing homelessness at the time. So very common, as we know from our cases, that it's, you know, those quote unquote high risk lifestyles mm-hmm. that, you know. The high-profile investigation and media coverage have drawn controversies, including accusations of indifference towards LGBTQ, radicalized, and homeless persons. Gay activists and editorial writers have suggested that police only looked at the disappearances more seriously when a white man, Andrew Kinsman, was reported missing. But Itzinga denied this, noting that Project Houston, the original investigation, was a bigger and uh, was a bigger and was started prior to Kinsman's death. Yes. Correct. Right. So that was a correct. bigger investigation and we started it prior to Andrew uh going missing. Correct. We also noted that Kinsman's disappearance in June 2017 was important to the creation of Project Prism because of evidence obtained in July, not because of race.
0: Okay. And that's that is fair. That is fair. Fair, fair yes. explanation.
1: Yes. Uh, but again, going back to what we say all the time, can both things be true? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Could Andrew Kinsman, because not only was he a white man, he was also well known in that community. Right. Could it have kickstarted a little bit more attention to the cases? Sure. Sure. But at the same time, listening to what it's is saying, he's not wrong. Right. Project Houston was a larger investigation. It started even before Andrew Kinsman went went missing. Correct. And things kicked into high gear because there was much more substantial evidence tied to Kinsman's disappearance.
0: Correct. So at least he started uh, it. At least it was
1: started beforehand. And, correct yes yeah. so cbc news examined hundreds of pages of partially redacted court orders unsealed in september 2018 and concluded that there had been considerable effort towards investigating all three project houston subjects ju young lee who is a university of toronto associate professor who teaches a source on serial homicides suggested that there was racism within the gay community itself indicated by the relatively weak responses to the disappearance disappearances of the brown skinned in contrast with the campaign to find kinsmen so it's like the meme of the spider Men pointing at each other
0: yeah pretty much
1: for me or is it racism from us is it racism from you
0: how about it's just racism period <laughs>
1: just all around right? <laughs> just racism yeah um on february 8th 2019 justice mcmahon sentenced, Mac- sentenced MacArthur to life um, in prison with no parole eligibility for 25 years mcmahon described the crimes as quote pure, pure evil like, and, yeah. stated, and stated that macarthur showed no evidence of remorse and more than likely would have continued killing had he not been apprehended correct which based on what he was doing with that gentleman the night that they caught him i'm gonna say go on a limb and say absolutely yes. right yes <laughs> my my dog is dreaming she's doing like dream girls and she's, doing, oh. roof, roof. And she's like right at i hear her i heard her yeah <laughs> she's so fucking cute oh my god i just want to bottle her up and sniff her all day long i know <laughs> she's so fucking cute i know my boyfriend just came out of his office and he's pointing at her like i know she's so cute <laughs> um so despite all of this he felt that the sentence should not be one of vengeance given MacArthur's age and his guilty plea. MacArthur could apply for parole when he is 91, because that's 25 years after he was arrested. But uh, McMahon said that it would be highly unlikely that he would be granted parole. The Toronto Sun also so eloquently noted that MacArthur is overweight with type two diabetes and He'll is unlikely dead. to live that long anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is the story of serial ki- Toronto serial killer, Bruce MacArthur. Wow. So it's, it was kind of like a double whammy on the LGBTQ plus um, in our theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was a gay murderer who and was murdering victims. gay men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but crazy, crazy. Wow. That, that's just a crazy one. I, yeah. And like,
0: I, I don't think he should have been given the chance of parole even after 25 years, but at the that's same time- a different time,
1: justice system than ours. Though.
0: I know, I know. But at the same time, The way I'm thinking
1: is, yeah, you could do it 25 years, but you'll be dead. So, correct, you know, correct. There was one. Oh well, what's his ass? Golden State Killer, where he's like what? He's like nine thousand years old, and like life in prison. We're like, okay, so three years, exactly, exactly. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, the punishment is the punishment, right? Exactly.
0: And even if they did give him the death penalty, he'd be on death row longer than he'd be alive. He'd be alive
1: anyway. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So whatever but wow
0: Mm.
1: that got intense yeah just like camping gets intense yes yes it does Mm
0: yes
1: it does and like sex while camping it's fucking intense
0: so anyway (laughs) Mm. charlie ladies
1: oh my god (laughs) i also would like to point out that we're recording this like immediately after i finished work on a friday Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. my brain is like it hurts mush yes
0: that that was me the other week when I did the uh the West story. Oh. I was like,
1: I'm tired. Yeah. And I think also the fact that like I haven't done a long story like this in forever. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, I haven't said this many words in a row in a long time. <laughs> it's been a long, long time, time now. And like I'm a corporate trainer. I say a lot of words every day. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot of words.
0: <laughs> it is a lot of words. And it's it's not that you don't use big words, but it's big words and names that you don't necessarily say yeah, yeah. other other yeah, than i want to stories. apologize for
1: that again obviously <laughs> um i definitely recommend finding the wikipedia page um i do believe if i'm not mistaken if you if you search bruce MacArthur, you'll find it but it was under t- uh toronto serial killers or oh, yeah. serial killings okay um, because it goes into a lot more detail specifically about each of the individual victims. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives their names, their age, their stories. So it goes into like who they are, where they came from, why, you know, and it was, I think it's very important, obviously that we yes. Yes. talk about the victims. And we, again, we, we know that that's kind of why we do what we do. Yes. Just, I am so sorry. Those names are so difficult and I don't want to seem like a, I thought you did very well. Yes
0: thank you you did I the best that you it. could
1: oh yes
0: being that you, that's not your native tongue you know mm-hmm. what i mean i thought you did very well
1: mm-hmm. thank like,
0: you good job God
1: thanks bless. <laughs> thank you thank
0: you thank you you're welcome thank you charlie for telling us that story and bringing that to light um oh,
1: you're welcome
0: i'm glad he got caught
1: mm-hmm. i
0: i'm not glad that he put decompose like um not decomposed um wow dismembered i'm not happy that he put dismembered <sighs> body parts in planters on people's
1: property some like rando customer of his is fucking property fucking
0: you know that going forward hiring people to do their lawn work they're doing like extensive background checks you uh, know for they sure
1: are. for sure but he seems so nice yeah until he's putting dead bodies in your backyard mm-hmm. so i know in our <laughs> I know the last time that we recorded a, uh, episode, we talked about the last mass shooting in America. Yeah. Um, but we want to send out, um, our condolences to the families affected by the, um, the shooting in Texas this past week. Like I said, you know, you guys know that we record way earlier before the episodes come out. So this is still pretty fresh and still pretty new for us. Um, you know, our prayers are, are in Uvalde. It's the absolute. It's the worst. It's beyond the worst, and um, it makes me nothing but angry. And we all know that there's just so much that should be said and needs to be said and and could be said. But there's people way smarter than me saying the right things, um, and I just don't have the right words. But um, I, all I can do is my best to offer. Uh, condolences on, on behalf of Jovia and myself. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, I know we joke a lot about us not being fans of children, <laughs> but, um, this is you know, different. This is, this is very different. Hug this your is kids, different. please hug your kids, hug your family. Um, you know, one never knows when, um, you know, anyway, you know, the stories, but, um, but yeah, so we want all of you guys to look out for one another. Um, be kinder and um be patient with others. Um, people are going through a really rough time. It's the end of the school year. Um, hug a teacher. Please <laughs> say thank you. Um, it's the it's probably one of the hardest jobs in the world. And then add on to it this risk that they take each and every single day to protect the children of others. And then on top of all of that, the lack of resources, funding, and salary that they earn is just criminal. Mm-hmm. It's truly criminal. So hug a teacher, hug your kids, mm-hmm. be kind to one another, mm-hmm. support each other. Um, and, uh, if you need to, you know, seek out help because these are really tough times and, um, nobody needs to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. So there's
0: no shame in getting help. Absolutely no not. shame. Absolutely not then
1: if you uh want to wrap this up jovi we can send our lovely listeners on their way sure 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 um
0: if you have any story suggestions you want to say hi you just want to chit chat that's cool uh drop us an email at stories at gmail.com mm,
1: bedcrime stories pod at gmail.com I forgot the pod
0: <laughs> <laughs> damn it bedcrime stories pod at gmail.com thank you thank you i appreciate that um but besides emailing us you could dm us on twitter and instagram at bedcrime stories no pod no pod um please rate review subscribe tell a friend Mm -hmm. like charlie said be kind as much as possible we can't stress or say that enough Mm -hmm. uh we love you guys we appreciate Mm -hmm. Each and every single one of you, thank you all for you know being our listeners, being our mm-hmm. friends. We would be nowhere without you.
1: Mm-hmm. Take care of yourselves, guys. Yes. We love you.
0: Please stay safe. Have a good day, night, week, whenever you're listening to us. Uh, stay safe.
1: Sweet dreams. dreams. We love you guys so much. Bye. Please be safe. We love please, you. Please, please. Take care of each other. We love you. Bye. 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 Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.